Hello and welcome to the Troublemakers Podcast. This is part two of episode two. <laughs> I feel like that's really confusing, but it's really not. So just, we only have three other episodes that are live. Go back and out of the three that are there, click the one that talks about episode two. Maybe it's got a part one on there. Please listen to that before you listen to this because it sets up this one really well. In this one, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the character and the nature of an infinite God and really more so about God being love. That's all I'm going to say about it here. Listen to the episode. I hope that you enjoy. Make sure that you subscribe, that you like this thing. If you can, please leave us a comment in whatever podcasting app that you are using, a little review saying something nice about what we are that helps us so much so thank you for joining us once again and this is this is where god being god i say everything you believe depends on who you say god is and there's a lot of things that people say about god but again in practice it's something else yeah and this i like for me i know people have different opinions about what it means for god to be all-knowing i need personally Mm-hmm. A God who is smarter than I am, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I personally need that. I need a God who is bigger and smarter and more powerful. I don't need a glorified superhero. I need infinity. Otherwise, I'm an atheist. So, <laughs> it's like anything less than all-powerful, omniscient, omnipresent, anything less than that, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And so, with that being said, you have a God who asks for knowledge, Right? supposedly God knows the end from the beginning. Yeah. So God knew what was going to happen yes. before it happened. Yeah, absolutely. And so this idea that God, that it would even be possible mm. for God to be walking through the garden with the spirit of anything other than mm. reconciliation, yeah. knowing the decisions Adam and Eve were going to make before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. before let there be light was spoken. Yeah. yeah. Um, before there was a void to speak into. Yeah. Um, this idea that that, that that it could be anything else um, yeah, 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 is, yeah. is truly baffling to yeah. me. Um, it, it, and why, it is. <laughs> and why you don't, why people don't need or want God to be all-knowing. Yeah. yeah. All-powerful. Like, why, why would you want a reactionary God? Like, why, well, it, why would you it, be okay with that. It, it goes back to the insecurities created by wrong theology in that right. if God is all-knowing, then he knows not just the wrong that I'm doing, but the so-called wrong that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even want to stop this. I like this. He right. knows that and he wants to destroy sinners. So I'm doomed to be destroyed. Right. So I need to hide this from God. Instead of thinking he knows this and yet here I am. Yeah. So if right. it was destruction, I would not be. They, I'm not <laughs> like right. And it, and why and why would he allow it in the first place? Like it, exactly. Like exactly. like stick with me here. You create a garden that is perfection. Yeah. You create people who are perfect. You don't have to put a tree of knowledge right. of good and evil That's right. in the garden. Yeah. And I, and I think that there's this idea that people think that God had to give us freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. God didn't have to do that. Oh, that is true. That's yeah, a good yeah. point. And so for me, if sinlessness is the overall objective, I'm just not going to give you freedom of choice. Or if I do give you freedom of choice, I'm going to limit the realm of possibility. The Garden of Eden without the tree of knowledge of good and evil has plenty of choices. You can choose what animals you spend time with. You can choose what you eat. You can choose where you go. You can choose where you live. You can choose what time you and your husband are doing whatever they do. You can make all kinds of choices within the context. And all of those choices are good. There's only the potential to Mm -hmm. make good choices. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that God even gives the option Mm -hmm. to to do something that God is saying don't do. The fact that that's even an option. Mm -hmm. And not only is it an option, but it's an option being given with the knowledge that at some point, (laughs) it's inevitable that they're Mm -hmm. gonna eat this fruit. Yeah. You have to ask the question why. 
yeah, yeah. If, if, if you know what's going to happen, you're in full control of all of this. You're, you're, it's like The Sims. Yeah. Like, you're in control of everything. <laughs> that's all, and that's in all control of, metaphor, yeah. of every single thing. Why would you do that? And <laughs> there's two options. God is either an incompetent fool who knew or should have known what was going to happen and did it anyway and mm-hmm. set us up to fail. Or, or well, no, so it's three options. Either God is an incompetent fool who just haphazardly created the Garden of Eden and, and Adam and Eve, not knowing what was going to happen and hoping for the best, but mm-hmm. whoops, they screwed <laughs> it up. And so now, you know, I'm scrambling trying to figure out something something to do. And now I got to mm-hmm. give give up a piece of myself for your salvation. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. mad at y'all because y'all are dumb and did it. Either that's the that's case. That's the mentality a lot of people have, though. Like, right, which literally. Why, yeah. Like, why do you. Mm-hmm. Why you want to, why you feel obligated to mm. worship a God who is incompetent is beyond me. Couldn't be me. But do you, boo? The other, <laughs> the other possibility is God knew what was going to happen. And God is just a jerk, essentially, mm-hmm. and set us up to fail. Mm-hmm. Or, third option, God knew what was going to happen. And God allowed it to happen for a reason. And I believe the reason is that God had things that God wanted to reveal about God's self within the context of this world and our existence. Um, and he allowed things to play out the way that they did in order to, to show what he needs to reveal about himself, not just to us, but to all created mm-hmm. beings it's mm-hmm. because how else do you reveal pieces of infinity you know like like how yeah. else like you can tell people about like you can say god is unconditional love right yeah. um but but how do you experience that if yeah. you've never seen that love extended to someone who is undeserving mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 who you know god said don't do this and they did it mm-hmm. um and so i don't i don't believe that god is reactionary Right. I don't believe that God is incompetent. I don't believe that God is stupid. I believe that God had a reason. Um, and, you know, to the extent that my finite human brain can comprehend to the best of its ability what is happening, I try. Um, but I also understand, you know, that it's in, in a lot of ways it's just bigger than us. Yeah. And, it's and way there has, bigger than us. And there has to be a profound level of grace because and I feel I feel entitled to that mm-hmm. because I did not ask to be here That's and if, the me other being caveat. Being, if me being here is so just offensive me being here as I am is just so offensive to you and I'm just so bad and I just you know I can't do anything right and I'm just grieving your spirit and, you know whatever else like man either don't bring me into existence in the first place because you brought me here knowing what I was going to be or take me out now but I'm not about to sit up here and be you know just just grateful to exist because you put me here like earth sucks people right. suck yeah, yeah. like it's it's not like this isn't a fun yeah. place to be Mm-hmm. Like just you know, just to be, you got to deal with all this stuff. Like I had to go, you know, we had to bury my cousin today. Like that's not, that's not fun. That's not. Fun that's not an enjoyable experience. Right. I don't want to deal with sadness and loss. I don't want to fear for my son's life right. because you know, just as a, a mother, I'm limited and mm. what I can do in general. But now I'm raising a black man in the United States of America in 2020, and I don't, I don't feel like my son is safe, and I feel you know limited in my ability to protect him. I'm. Who chooses that? Right. Who, who, like, who asks for that? Right, right. And so I didn't ask to be here, and I'm supposed to sit up here and act like I just should be grateful mm-hmm. that that you woke me up this morning, that I'm I'm Started still here, right? And you still, <laughs> I'm. I, it's another day for you to you know be on my case and not like me and be mad yeah, at yeah. me because I messed up 50 million times as I do every single day. Uh, no, like I, I, that narrative is dead to me. Like I, I want no parts of it. Like I'm, like I need a God who needs that and who is like you, you know, like 
you're here for a reason. Mm. And and yes, this stuff over here is symptomatic, but your existence is bigger than you know, than are the symptoms of living in this world. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's there's a purpose and there's meaning beyond you know, just a little day today stuff and I love you. And yeah. and, and and just as like a parent, like how are you how, how do you as a parent have more love for your child than God has for you? Exactly. Right. And I think about that frequently. Like, I was trying to break yeah. that down to my kids the other day. I was like I was like, God loves you more than I do. Like there's no that he doesn't love you less than I do. We know that for sure. So he only can love you more than I do. So if I said, How much stuff do y'all do wrong? And I'm suddenly like, You're not my child anymore. Yeah. And I, they were all like literally just kind of reflecting, like, Yeah, well, you, you seem to just like, I said, Why do I love you? And then they were just like, Well, because I'm Kalea. I was like, Yeah, that's why. That's all you who you are today. Right. There's nothing that you can do to stop that love. And to me, I feel as if that to me that is that's why I love your church like it's that is the defining characteristic of what it should be as a believer but that is also the defining characteristic of the creator like he is just love and so love comes with it as like again going back to the the to the parent thing if I were to micromanage my children to the point where I make every decision for them and I you know what I'm saying I could I can manipulate their entire life like they are sims I didn't love my sims when I played that game that's why they all died <laughs> but love is going to bring with it just so much love that I just want you to exist whatever the risk right. Whatever the cost to me, I just want you to exist. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set it up. I'm gonna put it in play, and I'm gonna deal with whatever comes with it because I love. That's just what I am, and so I feel as if in so many. But it's hard for us to see God in that way because we we think of Him as a Sims player. That's that's a perfect metaphor. Like I'm probably all gonna use that forever, but that is kind of how we think of Him as. Like He's He's kind of dictating this game, and He's punishing the ones that He feels like punishing, and He's honoring the ones that He feels like honoring, and it's it's a lot of it. Can seem random or it can seem confusing and um yeah we make god in our image i feel like we spoke about that spoke about that a little bit in the last one like we we make god in our image because it's like that's how we would do it or we would be like well if i know that my child was going to hurt me one day then i just wouldn't let them exist that's a messed up way to think because again especially as real parents all of us are like no there's no way even if my kids are going to hurt me one day i love my kids even if i haven't met them yet I but remember, we, yo, but Jason, we we know our kids are gonna hurt us one day. Right, right. I, I was I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, as my kids get older, especially my daughters, because I'm a father, and my daughters they got my heart. Like they got my heart, and I'm thinking about man, God, my daughters are gonna make choices that if I knew about them would hurt me, and I love them anyway, and I have to just accept it almost like. I have to accept it because, number one, I can't punish them for things they haven't done yet. <laughs> number two, <laughs> you know what I mean? Number, <laughs> number two, th- these are choices they have to make in order to experience life, you know, however they have to experience it. And number three, it's going to be okay because we've all made choices and we've all survived them as far, at least in my family, we've all mm-hmm. made it, you know, and the one thing I can do is just love her enough for her to know that no matter what happens, she can find a place of love because that's what she's going to need when she like ruins her life from her perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's gonna need to know I ruined my life oh my god my life is over but I can go here and find love mm-hmm. like she needs that yeah and I just have to accept that. Like, it's one of the hardest easiest just just weird thing to like get to weird space to get to man yeah and have to accept that and I believe that that space though when the body of Christ can function like that that no matter what happens in your life you can always come back here right. no matter what you do like even just in the um in the therapeutic world you know I'm studying to be a counselor right now that power of having a safe space to be completely authentic authentic about the your weird flaws the crazy thing like every now and then i think about killing my coworkers. like oh like just having a, a space where you can shine a light in all the dark places of in your heart 
it yeah. already like I, I've seen such powerful healing take yeah. place in yeah. people yeah. just just purely on that not even adding a, a, a spiritual component yet just saying like here's a safe space for you to talk about your deepest darkest things because once yeah. you shine a light on it now you can start to be transformed once you shine a light on it now it's not this thing that you're hiding or holding on to that's kind of festering in the darkness now it's exposed now it's open and now all of me is seen so i can heal the parts of me that i didn't think i could ever heal yeah. i believe that i think that that i feel like that's what the community of faith has always sure. been supposed to be yeah and this thing i want to say about god um because like i think that there are parallels that we make that we should make as as parents specifically um, because of our experience as parents with our kids. But I think what I what has been illuminating for me as a parent is that in understanding the depth of my um, limitations, mm-hmm. it highlights even more how unlimited God is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. like, for example, God, this that, like, God loves us enough just to want us to exist. Mm. Um, like for me, I, I, I love my son enough just to want him to exist, but I had no control, right? Over mm. who he is, what he looks like, nothing. Like yeah, the yeah. only control I have is whether or not I bring him into this world. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who he is, what decisions he makes, all of that's done. God had control over all of it. And so if he wanted us to come into this world and be a specific way, or he wanted the terms to be whatever they were, he could have made them. Yeah. And so the fact that he gave us the freedom to choose, not just because it allows us to, you know, love him back. Like you can't, you know, choose to love him back, but it's like, I think, because I think if you think about it as God just wants to love us or God, you know, just wants to do any number of these different things, um, it's like, well, why didn't he create the perfect circumstances to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if God just wants us to love him, Adam and Eve would have loved him just fine with no tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Yeah, you no, know, he they wanted them to love him back. They would, but I'm saying he, they would have loved him back in that mm-hmm. in that context because why why not? Mm-hmm. And and the angels loved him and were singing his praises. You know, the angels are free moral agents, and the Bible says that they're you know they've been singing night and day and you know doing all this stuff. Like you can have that. And so if if you're allowing for this option of you're allowing for the choice to do evil to exist, why? And the reality is that love and unconditional love aren't necessarily two different things. I should say that it's easy to say that love is unconditional when you haven't done anything to be undeserving of it. But it's because, mm-hmm. you know, not just, and I don't, I use undeserving, you know, with a, a grain of salt um, because, like, my son isn't undeserving. I don't feel like mm-hmm. my son is, like, undeserving of love. But it's it's showing that you don't have to do everything. You can't earn love. Yes. Love is not predicated upon you doing everything right. Mm. And it's because, at least for me, I feel like God has shown up for me the most. Mm in the spaces where I was dealing with the most darkness mm-hmm. that I love God back. And it's mm-hmm. a love, there's just something different about a love that has been tried through the fire. Absolutely. You know, it's not, it's, it's not the same as a love that you feel like, you know, you're deserving of. It's, mm-hmm. it's different when someone has walked with you when you didn't feel good about yourself mm-hmm. um, and they didn't give up on you and they, you know, journeyed with you through those things. And I think that that is the aspect of God's character that our existence was, you know, intended to reveal. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because not so much that we're sinners as much as it is we're people living on this earth and dealing with the effects of living in a world that's dominated by sin, mm-hmm. um, that it creates this need within us for a savior. And God is able to show up for us in ways that were previously unavailable because mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, it's not a thing. No one has made this choice. Or at least mm-hmm. that's what we've been, to the extent that we know, no one has made this choice. And so now this aspect of his character is being revealed. And so I think 
for me, it's important to view it as bigger than, like, it's not, like, I, I don't want to hear that I'm, I'm just, like, you love me so much that you want me to exist. Because if you love me so much and you just want me to exist, then all this extra stuff was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, for my Sims, it's like, I, you know, I use cheat codes. And I have, make sure mm-hmm. they have a lot of money and really nice houses and all the great clothes and and the finest gadgets and all that other stuff because that's fun. And it's like, I, you know, I like to see them living in like a great place. And so it's like, if you just wanted me to exist and, and to love you back, put me in, you know, a utopia with a mansion of gold and, you know, and I will love you forever. And don't mm. give me the option to be a sinner and there won't be any sin and we'll live happily ever after, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what you want. Mm. But <laughs> you want, like, I believe God, you know, he wanted that love tried through the fire. He wanted to show us that, you know, I'm down for you for real. And I'm down for every, show everybody else, like, I'm down for you. This isn't just, you know, some foo-foo, you know, surface stuff or whatever. This love that I have for you, you can't earn. This mm-hmm. love that I have for you isn't based on you doing good. This love that I have for you isn't based on how well, you know, you follow these rules and, and all this other stuff. This love I have for you is is as infinite as I am. And it's going to be here for you no matter what. And and the, the caveat isn't me being unwilling to give my love to you. The caveat is you just being unwilling to accept it. Mm-hmm. And because I, I can't, because you have free will, I can't force you. Um, but even that, like... And I, I won't force you. Right. And even that, like, I, I don't necessarily believe in... Um, or punishment in the same way that other people do and that's probably another conversation for another day but mm-hmm. I think it goes back to that too this idea that rejecting God is it warrants punishment yeah it's his own hell right I, I don't I, I don't agree with that um, but it's mm-hmm. I think ultimately what I'm saying is that for me it's important to you know view God as bigger and, yeah. and as more and to have you know, just like a higher goal and reason for my existence. Like, it can't be something selfish. Like, you just want people to exist, to love you, and then you put us through hell to, like, and then make us feel obligated to love you because we exist. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's abuse. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want that brand of love. I, I, I don't want any parts of that. Um, but if it's, you know, it's bigger than me and it's something that you want to reveal, about yourself and that's a different um different conversation mm. yeah it's all right <laughs> um no that's 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 yeah um i always sometimes i wonder like because it feels like each as time as the history of humanity has gone on i feel like in a lot of ways we're probably seeing more of the character of god as time has gone on of course it will continue forever. yeah and that's what i'm like i'm like yo what is it because i don't feel like i don't feel like it's like you know what i'm saying we'll enter the kingdom on the other side and then it's like oh here's all of it i don't think it'll be like that i think there'll be another more and more levels where it's just like yo like infinity there's just no there's no there's no button to this like we're just gonna dig in and um and even just all the variations of even the experiences that we had here no you're good (laughs) you know i think about and this is a completely random direction we're going now but (laughs) i think about like when i go on vacation or when i travel you know, I'm from Jersey, and I go to Jersey. There's things that I do when I go to Jersey, but I am, like, there's so many different ways for me to do the same things in Jersey that just create new experiences while I'm there. Yeah. Uh, there's so many different people I can go to Jersey with and do things with them that create a whole new experience. So when I think about eternity, it re- to me, it's possible yeah. to, like, just keep this thing going. Yeah over and over and over it's like oh we're gonna do it yeah we're gonna do it this way and then we're gonna do it that way then hey let's try it this way and yeah. i think even if we consider uh Kara's perspective in how now we're adding a less than perfect element to mm. what love looks like now we're adding the the fire to what love looks like you know, because we had all of this awesomeness. Now, let's see love when it's, when things aren't so awesome, yeah. you know. Um, and then let's see love when things are restored. And then what's going to be what's going to be love after that? You know what I yeah, mean? Right. And constantly just going through these uh, 
aspects is the best word aspects of what love looks like and bringing it back to the conversation about church how are we loving each other Mm -hmm. because ultimately that's what jesus said jesus says they'll know that you're my disciples. Well, you know, it's crazy. He said, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way you have loved one for another. If we keep that in context, he wasn't talking about the way we love the world. He's saying the way you love other disciples, like the way you love people that are walking with you. Mm-hmm. That's how they'll know, oh yeah, they're, they're of Jesus. Look at how they love each other. Right. And if we use that standard for the church today, Ain't no disciples there because <laughs> they're not loving, and I'm and I'm talking about mainstream wise. They're right. not they're right. not loving, and so when we create these pockets of communities, I think that's more authentic to what Christ is doing. Case in point, um, somebody who who frequents the fight experience brought a friend over to the house. I don't even remember what I don't even know why they brought him over. They brought him over to the house. And it was chilling. Um, first time the person came over. And I was like, hey, you want something to drink? Um, He's like, what you got? And I was like, well, I got some water. I got some juice. I got some Hennessy. I got some wine. They're like, whoa, whoa, you got some Hennessy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was doing some Hennessy. And then, you know, we're drinking Hennessy. And then we start playing spades. And then while we're playing spades, uh, the spirit moves. I start prophesying over this person. Yo. At that moment that he was like, yo, you're a pastor for real. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, what you mean? He's like, there's not many pastors I can go over their house and drink Hennessy with. Right? Yeah. But um, I was explaining, but I think that's what was necessary to open you up for this word. It's just what, yeah, what yeah. you needed for today. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. for me, that's what the body looks like. That's yes, the intentions. It's of real. Yeah. And I love that. That's on this podcast. Y'all heard that. <laughs> this pastor had some Hennessy with one of his people and the spirit still moved. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the angel wasn't waiting. Guardian angels wasn't waiting outside. Because right. of these heathens. <laughs> It's true. And it happens quite often. You'll be surprised. Yeah. And I said it, I said it before and I'll say it again. I, I, there, there are people who need to walk a certain way because people need that. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who need me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they right. need, they need a pastor like me because the other guys, they can't, they can't, they don't feel like God can reach them if they have to be like these other guys. You right. know what I mean? And so I'm not looking to demonize the other guys. I'm just looking to be authentically me. Right. And anyone who feels like I have to be authentically them, that's when I would say you're wrong. Because I'm not right. you. I'm me. Right. And God has proven. It's not just I want to be me. And first of all, I'm going to be me regardless, right? But God has <laughs> proven that being me is acceptable and it doesn't stop him. Right. Me doesn't stop him. Mm-hmm. In fact, he works with me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I love that. Yeah. I think and that's any, how the body should be. And if anything, us being imperfect by other people's standards means that it's more impactful. It really is. When God does work. When, it's nothing but grace at this point, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. When I, when I, like, even when I was still Adventist, it's like, you know, I get up and I had red, red nail polish on you know, my ears still weren't pierced, wasn't wearing jewelry, still was dressed in super concern. I had red nail polish on them. And Scandalous. this woman tells me after the after the uh, service, she's like, you know, I almost wasn't willing to listen to you. Oh, my I goodness. Nails. But I happened to be speaking, I think, about, like, self-righteousness or yeah. church people being judgmental. <laughs> so when I tell you she got a swift rebuke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She was like, you know what? But then I heard your sermon, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I, I get it. It was it was a very good message. And, and I'm like, you know, like, I, I got to be me. And I can't. And, you know, there was a time when I wasn't feeling, you know, as um, secure in that and, and what God could do with that. But I feel, you know, more convicted than ever that mm-hmm. I, I have to be who I am and whatever needs to change will change, you know, in God's time. But until then, and I think, I think there's value, like Lawrence was saying, like, you know, I'm, 
I'm not, you know, your perfect Christian little whatever, but I think that there are women who need a me, who, who need, you know, someone who had a child out of wedlock and, you know, was someone who, like, people say, you know, you wouldn't get married and you're living in sin and they'll, you know, why would they buy the cow if they're getting the milk for free? All of that. Um, and, you know, line like yeah like but here i am yeah you know and and my life i think flies in the face Mm -hmm. of of all of those stereotypes and everything that you know every every, all the negative things that people try to use to scare you into conformity like my life flies in the face and i'm not i used to be afraid but i'm not afraid to say like no this is who i am and and if and I, <laughs> I posted something for my 30th birthday. It was like 10 things I've learned in my 20s. And number 10 was um, I'm enough and I am hey. loved and, yes. and all these things. And if that makes you, if me being me makes you uncomfortable, good. Hallelujah. Like that's, that's where I'm at now. Me making yeah. you, if me being me makes you uncomfortable, that's a good thing. Because oh, yeah. for the people who need me, I don't make them uncomfortable. And if I'm making you uncomfortable, then there may be something you want to reevaluate. Come on, come on, your come situation. on. Because I'm just, I'm just being, and God loves me. So, you know, if there's yeah, a problem, yeah. it's not coming from me. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you want to talk, if you, if you need some encouragement or you know whatever, uh, then then let's do it. Um, it but I also wanted to know if like you guys wanted to talk about like order of service at all because oh. we do ours a little different like like for a service we could so i'm gonna tell you this what you just said is probably where i, I was i was literally getting ready to say that i'll probably cut it right there because okay. that was so perfect really like <laughs> both of y'all just kind of went through just this idea of just being me and that i am enough i feel like that's mm-hmm. perfect we can talk about it and it may end up in, a, in an, an additional episode like the last one but because i mean it's not long i just um because only I we do it's very short first of all because like my dad hates long drawn out services um, and I don't like them either and I think so one it was like a practical like life tip and so I I think there should always be some sort of something that's helping people become a person and, and to live life you know on a practical letter level better um and so we do that but then i think the thing that may be unique in terms of like a break from christianity is we don't have an offering it's like oh. you don't ask for money ever the whole witnesses don't ask neither really i did not no, know that they, yeah they don't ask they you can give yeah. um they have a space to give but they don't ask at all ever wow i didn't know that Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, there's like so Jehovah's many variations. There are so many variations <laughs> of Christianity. We don't, we don't ask for money, and people still give, um, mm-hmm. but we've never had an offering or yeah. or anything like that. And people consistently, yeah, give every single week, and it's a handful of people. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it's and it, there's full transparency with how the money is used as well. That's good. Everyone. It's like a, a printout of what the balance is and what any withdrawals have been, and they vote on using the money for whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel that's something that I feel pretty good about yeah. because I know for a lot of people, how money is used in church is a major point of criticism. And I would, no matter how big we are, um, I would want full transparency oh yeah um and i would want any money that the church brings in to be used specifically for like providing services and mm-hmm. you know whatever else like we don't take any money no salaries or anything like that and i would prefer that that always be that way and then if we like my idea for like what ministry can be like if you can offer like legal services and daycare services and have like attorneys on staff and and counsel mental health you know help and anything that people need like I want to be like I want you to I want to be a full service ministry and I want you to just come to church and get spiritually fed I want you to come to church and know that whatever you need anything you need that's available and and if we don't have the resources, we know of the resources 
go to to get what it is that you need. Um, and so I would want, you know, to empower much money we bring in, I would want to be able to, you know, just like, continuously expand mm. our, our reach, you know, if we can offer healthcare services and then, you know, whatever, and be in somebody's inner city where, you know, that stuff in the, like, I feel like in the black community specifically needs mental health yeah. available for free on such a massive scale. Um, and it's just not, you know, we don't have the infrastructure for it. And so if we can, you know, give the stuff that they're already getting, but then, you know, give the things that I think we need the most yeah. and just destigmatize all of it and give it consistently. Like, it's not just like a, you know, this is available once a month if you can make it or something like that. Like, whenever you need it, it's here. we're here. Yeah, that yeah. would be ideal. And I love that. I mean, again, for the direction I'm going, that really speaks to me. Just this whole idea of counseling services, because our community, we don't, we don't have confidence in it either. You know, no. I think for a lot of us, we we expect that. Well, this is what the church will do for me. And I think yeah. in an ideal world, that is what the church would accomplish. You know, this loving, authentic community where you have no judgment and you have an opportunity to grow. But that hasn't been the case. And so we just don't really have that outlet. So we've, we've gotten very good at swallowing our feelings. Yeah. Very good at it. For sure. And, and, it's, and it's certain not things safe. need treatment. Certain yeah. things are not like, like you need to have the skills to deal with exactly. certain things. And that's, that's okay. Like if, if you don't have a problem going to a surgeon, if you don't have a problem going to a dentist, like we all brush our teeth, right? We right. all floss. Yeah. If you can go to a dentist, you can go to a therapist. Like special skills are from God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> going to church for your dentistry. Like I'll do dentists. I pray. I pray. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Look, when I take that communion, whatever happens to my teeth, that's that's what the Lord wants. Like, come on. No one does right. that. You know no. what I mean? You go to the dentist. Go right. to a therapist. I don't know who that's that's a word for somebody specific. You need to go to a therapist. And within church though, it's not safe. Like it's like like I'm not gonna say who, but I had expressed to an Adventist pastor in college that I was dealing with depression. Mm. And his response to me indicated to me that he felt like me being depressed was because of some sort of deficiency in my spiritual life. It's like you're depressed because God is not in your life the way that God needs to be. And you would be happy if God was, was more present. And there were reasons for me being depressed that had nothing to do with my connection with God. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you share those reasons with them, or was it just I his could, lack of discernment that there are other factors? There are details that I, I cannot give without yeah. making it. I don't want to like you know. I don't want to put anybody on blast. I but you. I will say that he had access, unique access, mm-hmm. to information that should have, if he was being honest mm-hmm. with himself. And being honest with the about with himself about the with himself about himself, but being honest with himself about the information that he had about me, mm. um, I think he would have come to a different conclusion. Mm. Um, but because he was limited um, and, and probably biased in in his assessment, mm. and didn't recognize that that's what was happening, um, the feedback he gave me was harmful to be frank yeah um and you know i felt like i you know, had to like prove that i'm you know like i'm i'm okay now instead of you know being able to acknowledge what was happening in my life at that time to cause me to be in that headspace in the first place um and, and i was young it's like you know I don't know anything about any of this yeah. Um, yeah 
And so, because like, you know, I'm, I'm opening up trying to be vulnerable because I'm, I'm trying to help you, you know, understand. And, and that's, that's the feedback I get. And so I understand why people, especially people in church, you know, feel like their mental health is dismissed um, or they're, they're afraid to confide because they're afraid of what is going to be said. It's like you're already going through so much. The last thing you want is to tell, you know, someone who you're looking to for help um, and that person say something that makes things worse and make you, makes you feel worse about yourself than you already do. Yeah. And she pretty much said it's your fault that you're depressed. It's pretty much yes. what said. Exactly. Yes. And it's like, and what comes with that is when he's saying, well, the presence of God needs to be more active in your life. That's mainly what you need to study more. You need to do more church activity. Yeah, pray more and fast. Yeah, you, know. like you just need more Christian branding. Like you yes. got to upgrade. You got to upgrade yes. the package. <laughs> yeah. My God. And that's gonna. Solve. My God. Right, man. And, and the reality was, I really did need a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and going to therapy for the first time, I went for the first time in like 2015. I was just like, right. Everything I've been magic. looking for. <laughs> like, someone will literally just sit and listen to me talk and I, about all the things that I hold in on a day because I'm not, um, I don't like being vulnerable about things that I don't like being vulnerable about. Like some things are easy to be vulnerable about and other things I won't talk about at all. Right, um, right. And so going to a therapist and she's just like, okay, yeah. talk. And I can talk about everything and know it's not leaving the room. I don't have to worry about whether or not she's going to tell anybody. I, and then the she's topic of the next sermon. Right. right. And she's, she's giving me unbiased, you know, advice and it's not religious based. It's practical. You know, it's like, here's what you need to do. You need to go to a psychologist and get medication because I needed it. I was having serious anxiety issues and insomnia. And the medication helped. And he was like, you know, I think you're on a good path. And so I don't want to give it to you forever. Um, but if you need it for now, we can do that. And then, and I was off it. Yeah. You know, I, I did it and then I was good. Um, and I haven't been on medication since. But mm -hmm. it's just like... <laughs> if you say yeah. that, people are like, Ugh. "Yeah, <laughs> you need a medication. Why didn't you just right. pray about it every day, man? Five times a day. Uh, I needed an anxiety stabilizer, and I needed uh, sleep. <laughs> you don't know how many times I tell people, "Look, smoke this blunt. Call me yeah. back. <laughs> Talk about it. Get some you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be like, look, man, whatever, whatever you need right now, you know, to get you to the." Uh, and I think, you know, thinking about why we do what we do, mm -hmm. is it to change your behavior or is it to change your life? Right. And, and I'm coming to change lives. Like, I'm not coming right. to change your behavior. Not at all. Because I feel like behavior is always symptomatic. Yep. You know, and, and I don't know what behaviors need to change. Like, yep. <laughs> my mom bless her heart. <laughs> like, she has a heart attack if somebody's drinking wine. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> Girls, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, relax. This isn't my vice. There's, right. you know, plenty of other things like this ego. That's that's right. what we need to work on. You look in the direction. <laughs> like, right, that's right. that's what God is working on. You're being present, being, you know, mindful of what's happening around me. Like, there's all this other stuff that we're working on. If God is ever gonna be worried about wanting it, that ain't it right now. Right. Um. Right. But it's just, you know, like this idea that you have to do things a certain way and if you don't it's gonna you know until it's like for this person over here yeah sure like maybe like an alcoholic doesn't need to drink wine right like exactly. you can't handle it exactly yeah but these people over here you know it's not a thing yeah. they got other stuff that they're working on and and this is one size fits all christianity or one size fits all religion like everybody's supposed to be doing the same thing and following the same path to wherever like yeah, it's completely dead. unrealistic and and people being so caught up in themselves that they think that because something did or didn't work for them it's going to work for some it's not going to work for some, or it's right. going to be the same for right. someone else. Right. Um, yeah. And actually, you had said something about people being afraid. Um, and, and there's another aspect of that fear. I think that there are people who try to live authentically, right? They try to, to journey and take this path, but because you get burned mm -hmm. when you take mm -hmm. that path. Like, 
it's inevitable that in order to confront the truth of yourself, there's going to be some things that you try that don't work for you. And instead of journeying through that, Mm. you know, to finding, you know, what does work and what boundaries they should be setting for themselves or whatever, they revert back to what they knew and with like renewed vigor because it's like I tried it. It didn't work, and now you know I'm scared of of what could happen if I go down that road again. And so it's like you're suppressing the truth of yourself, trying to fit yourself into this box because you're too afraid, mm-hmm. and you and you can't handle you know the pain. Mm-hmm. Like the reality is that it's gonna, and because you you think journeying correctly because that's the idea, right? Like if you're doing what God wants you to do, then you don't deal with pain. Mm-hmm. Bad things don't happen to you. Like God, you know, God will be blessing you and did it. And it's like, no, when dealing with yourself, you're going to make mistakes. Things are, are going to are hurt. They're going to hurt. You're going to fail. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, go in expecting that um, and, and you don't, you know, have the, the courage to, to journey through it and, you know, ask God to walk with you through that. Yeah. Um, then, fear there are people there's people who fear keeps from taking the journey at all and then there's people who fear pushes back mm-hmm. to below square one right because they try it and because it doesn't look like what they think it's supposed to look like they're afraid to journey through it yeah and i'll say just just to say it pain doesn't always mean that you did something wrong sometimes that's true pain means you did something right like doing the right thing can hurt you mm. know and that's true for someone who you know who used to go to the gym regularly right you know when you first when i when i first got started i would wake up extremely sore and that was evidence that i was working the right muscles mm. but not feeding them yet i didn't know how to feed them yet but they were mm. working um, but so that, that soreness wasn't, I injured because there's pain that's injury and then there's pain from just working. That's a whole right. word. We don't even got to go there right now, man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, um, that's why I always challenge those who use pleasure as their only indicator of right direction, mm-hmm. because there are certain things that's the right direction that the pleasure is, if, if present is, is delayed. You know, it's a lot of pain first. Um, Building a business, a lot of pain first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We could go down the list of the things that hurt first. You know, it starts off uncomfortable and then it, you know. Right. Or maybe it's pleasure for a while and then it gets really uncomfortable. Like marriage. (laughs) 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 Like everybody, or relationships in general, you have this honeymoon phase and then stuff gets real and it's like, hold on. Wait a minute. This wasn't what... You put the toilet paper on that way? Who does that? No, no. question today. Leave the cabinets cracked this much. (laughs) Instead of just closing them. (laughs) Or you leave the the drawer cracked this much. Instead of just closing it. Yes, Jack Young, I am talking about you. (laughs) The Jack Young segment of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. Though. No, but it loves you, Jack. <laughs> but yes, yeah, like, yeah, it's like it starts off good and then it gets, you know, crazy sometimes. And yeah. and we associate that pain with like, oh, I need to, I need to jump away from this. I need to right, and you can't. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> she yeah. said you're trapped. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's dumb to get divorced over some cabinets, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Them cabinets that. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take the cabinets. The cabinets. Who, who does that? <laughs> oh, oh, man. And, like, parents and kids, too. Like, I've driven my parents crazy. Like, I'm, I was great. I was a great child to have. And then I became an adult. And I had those moments where I'd be wanting to, like, <laughs> drop my kids off somewhere. Like, Lord. Have five of them. Like I think I think I have a few Bless too you. much. Let's <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's let's fix this, Lord. But then I love all of my children. I right. genuinely do. Right. Like, <laughs> on those nights, it'd be like, Lord, <laughs> Lord. my my cup is yeah. full. <laughs> Remove no. this cup from me, please. <laughs> Yeah, but what we're tapping into, though, is I think this is what the personal relationship with God has always been supposed to be about. 
know what I'm saying? It's very unique to who you are. It's very unique to what your journey is. And it's spirit-led, and we have a hard time trusting in the spirit. Because we can't, you know what I'm saying? We almost want everybody to have a corporate relationship with God. So like if right. our relationship all looks the same, then we can, it's easy to be self-righteous because I can score right. myself against you. But if it's, it's literally just based within you. It's based on what you're dealing with and what you're going through. I can't, I can't judge you in the same way. And I can't make myself feel better based upon your journey. You know, I just have to yield to the fact that the spirit is working within you and it is working within me. Exactly. And it's a harder journey as an individual because the spirit is going to make you confront exactly. everybody else may think is good everybody else may be like oh you're doing great why would you why would you step away from that job exactly. the lord is telling me to no god's not telling you to do that right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right and it's and and there's just this constant underlying level of uncertainty right yep. it's like you don't know until you know and even if you think you know there's been so many times i'm like Okay, we're here, and now, okay, now this makes sense. Okay, all that other stuff, it was crazy, but, like, now it makes sense. And then two seconds later, curveball. And it's like, yeah. oh, like, I thought I thought I knew what, what was coming next. And it's like, no, like, you're literally taking it a step at a time. You don't know where you're going. I know where I'm taking you. Yeah, yeah. And, but this is the, like, I get... I understand now I get like vision and sports. Like people are like, what's what's next? I know what's happening the next month. Mm. I think I think extent. I heard it I know. I think, <laughs> I think I heard it put this way. Uh the righteous shall live by faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's but that is terrifying. <laughs> you know, we sing like oceans like you call me out upon the water, the great unknown, and, and I will call your name and keep my eyes above the waves and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. It's great to sing it. But boy, like yeah. I understand why Peter was like, I'm walking on this water. This is cool. Oh, crap, away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's like, just keep your eyes on Jesus. And it's like, yeah, but the waves, man. And, and waves are strong. Like Bruh. waves push. So, yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm trying, but like waves. Yeah. And like, yeah, I want to walk on the water, but waves. But waves. Right. And then, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, but and that—that's the irony. I think, though, it's like because it's it's supposed to be inherently faith-based, right? Like all of it from top to bottom is supposed to be about building faith at the end of the day, and it's often too scary for people yeah. to to journey through it to completion mm-hmm. um, or to wherever you know God's in game is, wherever that may be. But like. It's just, it's, it's scary. And we're not, I wasn't encouraged in church to, to have faith like that. Oh, yeah. Like coming, I had to figure that yeah. out for myself. Like coming Absolutely. up, it was, yeah. faith was trusting that God is going to make a way out of no way when mm-hmm. you made bad decisions mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you're facing the consequences. Faith was, <laughs> you know, just believing in God, faith was believing that what the pastor or what your denomination says is going to happen is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Faith was not having the courage. I was not taught that faith is having the courage to journey with God and let God be and give God room to be as big in your life mm-hmm. as as God can possibly be. And mm-hmm. because you know it's easy to talk about, but it's it's scary and it's it's right. hard. Yeah. Um, it's I think eventually like working out, right? Like you're sore but then eventually get you get to a place where it's not so bad. Right. And then because you're you know, you've benefited enough from the journey that you see the benefit in, in keeping continuing. Yes. I think eventually you reach that place and it's the same way in your faith walk, eventually you reach a place where you know there's no going back. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you learn to have enough faith yes. to, to keep going, even Absolutely. though that uncertainty is still there. Always. Um, but, you, but you have to journey to that point. Absolutely. And yeah. if you're not, again, if you're not willing to do it, then... And, and it's those people, I think that that's an indicator that the person hasn't done it because it's like, of course you don't understand mm. if you're too afraid to, to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And of course that sounds crazy. Right. And of course, you know, this sounds ludicrous to yeah, you because right. you're scared. I haven't gone through this. And yeah. I think that's why that, that type of walk can only be passed down through discipleship. 
Like, I believe that very intentionally. That's why Jesus was like, all right, I need y'all to live with me three years. We're going to put some skin in the game and you're going to you're going to catch it as we keep walking through this thing. Because it's like you kind of need a person to deposit that type of faith into you, at least initially, where you've right. seen it in them. And honestly, like, I, I will definitely credit my community with that. My Honestly, a lot of people within my app, Lawrence, you're one of these people for me. I remember, mm-hmm. like, you were, when when all of us, because we all started at Oakwood together, we were going down this particular pastoral track, and you were the one who just went left. Like, yeah. <laughs> you were just doing your own thing. Like, yo, you just going to believe in God? Like, you just... <laughs> <laughs> you just going to minister authentically from now? You're not hired yet. Like, right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's true. But being able to watch from a distance and to be able to hear specifically to hear your testimony was able to give mm. faith to a lot of the rest of us. You know what mm. I mean? And so mm. and I believe, again, it's like I get why we want to be able to do evangelism from a perspective of like, listen to these 10 sermons. And then this is going to be all the information you need to be a believer. But I really believe that you become a functional believer in the context of community around mm-hmm. other people where you can talk about your mistakes or talk about what doesn't make sense, what genuinely you're not getting. And that's that's discipleship. You know, I don't know where how we all drop that. You know, how so much of Christianity. Oh, I know how. It's very simple. When Constantine took over Christianity, it was about the world empire at this point. It was no longer about the spiritual walk, the spiritual journey. Constantine wasn't even a real disciple, but, you know, let God be his judge. But, um, (laughs) you know, it it turned into... uh, the uh, a colonial um, right. weapon that eventually I turned mean. into a revenue stream, and so that's where we are today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's real, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna keep it a thousand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> keep, keep it a thousand with you. We don't make disciples. We just <laughs> <laughs> converts like we <laughs> right give people like this. we only care about your conversion as long as it affects the pockets of the church when i right. say we i'm talking about the westernized way of Christian. it's not about your life it's okay now that you're here you're obligated to use your gifts and your talents to advance our mission and our purpose Mm-hmm. And so until we get to a point where it's not, I don't have a mission to advance. I care about you. Right. My mission is you to become right. better in whatever that means between exactly. you and God. And that's the type of ministry that you're seeing with me and with Kara is, mm-hmm. look, I don't, I don't have a budget for the year. I'm not, I don't have a goal number of offerings that I'm trying to make. I don't have an official role. I know who I pastor because I call them and they call me. Right. But I don't <laughs> Don't have a role somewhere you know what i'm saying right. like yeah. it, I, we're not doing ministry that way because right. i don't think that's how christ intended for us to do ministry no yeah but i don't i don't believe that that's how christ intended us to do ministry that i feel like it's supposed to be it's supposed to be that interpersonal mm-hmm. you know interaction and, and it's important we're supposed to feel seen and you're supposed to feel loved and, and wanted and all of those different things and, and like god is accessible mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and and that was that journey for me of kind of decentralizing my concept of what Christianity was supposed to be. That was important to me because, or, or just really kind of adopting that idea that um, I don't to be a believer doesn't mean that you're connected or plugged into a hierarchy within an organization because the Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, you guys are frozen for me. That's not great. Hearing you. Yeah. You're hearing me? You yeah. guys aren't frozen for me. Oh, wait, you just it just came back, but it is yelling okay. at me saying that the, my internet connection is unstable. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what, but though, this is a great illustration of the problem with the church because from your perspective, we were frozen. Yeah, yeah. But actually, you were the problem with your connection. <laughs> y'all were lost. Y'all were lost. <laughs> y'all not moving. Y'all not doing nothing. But no, right. you're There's disconnected. A pro- right. <laughs> and it's because your connection is bad. See that? <laughs> Step your connection right. up, sir. <laughs> oh, that is perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> Hope all of that somehow still got recorded. It says recording on mine. Yeah. Okay, good. 
good. So it's just me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, so, yeah, basically what I was saying was just this whole idea of just taking away the idea that um, really a lot of it for me was like taking away the separation between clergy and laity. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Taking away the idea that, okay, there's a class of people who are the leaders of the church and they are kind of a cut above everybody else. And really, Mm -hmm. these are the only people that do ministry. These are the only people who really disciple. These are the only people who can baptize. And everybody else, y'all are really just here to listen. Like, y'all just sit down, listen, do what what we say. Kind of breaking that, for me, was the beginning of saying that, wait a second, if all of us are supposed to be interconnected, if all of us are supposed to be plugged into the spirit and we're following the head who is Jesus, then this organization becomes less and less and less and less important and the ideas of trying to preserve the organization become less and less and less important and now the impact of the gospel is more potent and powerful because we can't even fully track it we just know that it's happening and it's moving based on the little interactions that we're having with people and I feel like that was how Christ ministers again Lala going back to the the illustration that you gave before they saw other people casting out demons in the name of Christ and they were like, well, we need to stop them because we didn't sanction this. They're not, they're not ordained <laughs> by, uh, they don't have the credentials. And he's just like, what are you talking about? Like they, they're doing the right things, leave them be, let them do their thing. And I feel as if that type of ministry in, in, in this time, I feel like that's the only type of ministry, honestly, that can truly thrive and be impactful in this era. It's, it's, the, only, it's the only type, yeah. Right, because I, like, I think what had happened in the past was with this majority being able to relegate everyone who didn't fit to the fringes. And so because you don't want to be left out, you don't want to be left behind, you do what you have to do to fit. And and if you don't fit, you know, maybe if you just can't, then, you know, you do what you have to do, but you feel bad mm. about it. You feel you feel bad about being left out. Yeah. Um, and so we're in a space now where, and I think this access to information, there's a lot of, you know, just mm. moving parts that have converged at the same time yeah, um, that have resulted in this, you know, ideological revolution where people, you know, they have information and they're using it to, to view themselves differently and to mm. say like, you know, who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you to push me to the fringes? Who are you to decide that this is what's what's good and this is what's in and this is what I should be following? Like, you don't have your stuff together either. Yeah. Or or maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not the problem. Yeah. Maybe you're maybe you're the problem, and you just don't have your stuff together. And because you don't have yours together, you're projecting that onto me. Exactly. And you're the one who needs to be fixing something, and and I'm what you need to be trying to get on board with. Yeah. I um, mean, it's you know, it's people saying like, I'm not going to let you push me to the fringes anymore. And and I've I've said that I don't feel like Christianity and organized religion have room because it can't. For people who aren't trying to be converted, who aren't trying, who don't feel like they need to be fixed, if you go, it's with the understanding that you're signing up to transform and conform to what they have decided mm-hmm. is the standard. Um, and I think that there are a lot of people who want community, who you know would be a part of one if they could be a part of that community as themselves. And I think that that's why what we're doing is relevant because people want them. They want to be able to come together and and have all the perks without, you know, having to, and they want to give. Like, I think it's sucks to be frank that, you know, someone is like, homosexual for example they can't serve mm-hmm. or you know if i because i had a child out of wedlock like i'm disqualified from everything i should be censored even with an adventism or disfellowship and i have to be rebaptized. Mm-hmm. and it's, it's like it's, it's like who are you yeah to decide that yeah. and and Listen, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. That's the other thing, like. Oh, yes, yeah, another thing. Like, but I think that that's also <laughs> part of the problem. Jesus said something very interesting to the Pharisees where he said he he wasn't necessarily tripping on their rules. He was tripping on the weight that he that they put on the people that they couldn't bear themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the issue, because especially if you serve in the church and you see the amount of cover-ups that happen in the church, and you're like, but you just censored how... 
But you just, and then it becomes like, wait a minute. Is there a realm of people who are above needing to be better now? Like, is that what's happening? And mm-hmm. and it starts looking very hypocritical and very discouraging and borderline satanic because it's like, right. how how dare you? How dare you? And it's not like you came at me. You didn't come at me because you wanted to reconcile. You didn't come at me because you wanted me to be better. You came at me because I was wrong and I should be ashamed of myself, but you're not ashamed of yourself. Right. Like, I don't, like, what kind of crap is that? And the politics of ego, too. Like, you're, you're punishing who you want to punish and taking, yep. oftentimes taking pleasure yep. in, in exercising mm. this discipline. Ooh, she said taking pleasure. Because you got some stuff going on. And, and like, for me, listen... Listen. Mm. It's like I, I I grew up in this in this particular community, and I know the people who have been down for us, me and my family, who you know, you know, want us want who want what's best for us, and the people who don't. Mm. And mm. if you don't, and I know you don't, and I know you're dirt, I dare you to try to to try to make me feel bad about me and and what my life has been like. Mm. Listen, like. People want to talk about, well, you know, these kids are doing X, Y, and Z. Let's talk about your children. Is your house in order? <laughs> and and do you are you keeping the same energy? Like all of that. Like and that's why I'm just like, no. Like I'm I'm not like there was a time when that got to me, but it's like I understand now. It's like that has no power unless you give it power. Like exactly. Who who are you? Like I'm like I'm here for the I'm I'm on the wave. Like who are any of you to try to tell me who I am or what I need to do or what God's calling is over my life? You can't say that about you can't give me that information about yourself because you don't know. Your connection is bad. I'm frozen to you. I'm frozen. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that. That is great, man. That was like, you don't see great. me. You don't see me. You can't like, see my you don't moves. Know, right. You don't You're know disconnected. nothing. Right. The spirit. The spirit didn't tell you to tell me that. Right. Oh. Right. Mm. You need to get step your connection up, and then upgrade <laughs> your Wi-Fi. <laughs> and then maybe, maybe we can right. talk. <laughs> oh wow. Thank you once again for listening to the Troublemakers podcast. Join us again next week. We have a very interesting topic coming up. I'm sure that we're going to post it on social media. Um, Again, for any thoughts that you have about this episode, please participate in the conversation. Jump in the comments, whatever platform that you're um, accessing this on, whatever social media is like your go-to thing. Please repost it, post quotes from it if you want to. Let's get a discussion going. These are our ideas. This is what we feel the Spirit has given to us, but I want to hear how the spirit is speaking to y'all as well so please join the conversation um and jump in again next week all right it's getting late so i'm gonna i'm gonna cut this one off good night